This commercial is based on a true story. Hello? Tracy! No, we don't need a babysitter tonight. Thanks, anyway. After a family bought an Atari video game, they had no trouble getting babysitters. Oh, my God! Hello? Kate! No, we don't need a babysitter tonight. Bye. Everybody enjoys Atari because Atari has so many different games to enjoy. Hello? Karen! No, we don't need a babysitter tonight. No other company offers you as many different video game cartridges as Atari. And here we go. Gentlemen, we are tonight's entertainment. I told you already, I'm gonna kill you. Maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow. That's not how the force works. Very small man can cast a very large shadow. This <laughs> does put a smile on my face. Once more, the Sith will rule the galaxy. Impressive. Most impressive. You are on the Sith list. Welcome, welcome, welcome to episode number 98 of The Sith List. I'm your host, Raj Shahi. Some people call me Raj Al Ghul. My co-pilots for this evening's journey, the young, the beautiful, the bold, oh, wow. the reckless, whoa, whoa. Carlos Buarguayo. The man with the shoulders the size of gargantuan proportions. Thank you. Wow. Mr. Les's Gonzalez. More. That's me. Whole. Crunch, crunch it all out. <laughs> the man we call the hair. The man that loves playing his rusty trombone in the dark. A man who also is a big fan of love songs. Eric. Struthers. Wow, that was... uh. That was really special, man. That was really... I appreciate all the thought that went into that. Oh, Lord. Tonight, we have somebody stepping in, coming out of the bullpen with Inner Sandman. Can you hear it? Huh. Just like Mariana <laughs> Rivera playing in the background, walking up to the mound. We just pulled Mike Pappas because he pulled his back out. So we're bringing in Mr. King... Tom, how the hell are you? I'm, I'm great. If I had known I was filling in for Pappas, I would have uh, had some tickets to sell or something. Huh. Yeah, man. I was expecting you to be on the corner uh, slinging some jewels. $20. $20. $20. I got Big Mike, Jimmy V, Johnny Neckbone. <laughs> they, they're all coming to the show. Love it. Love it. Did you? Maybe you should just be Mike Pappas the entire episode for us. I, I don't think my throat could handle that. That's what she said. <laughs> By the way, if you just heard some chiming in, like these wonderful chimes, because Mr. Eric Struthers seems to think it's a good idea to send me fucking messages while we're recording. He's pulling a less, but that's okay. I don't send you messages, man. I yeah. just happen to enjoy my Reese's. Yeah. 
Thanks, Reese. Thanks, thanks Eric doing Awesome acting. Well, hey, just so that you know, I can't hear it on my end, so I don't know what's to tell I, you. I didn't hear it. Oh, you guys when, didn't when, hear no, it. Okay. All right. When, good. When, when I want to tell Arashi sexy, I tell Arashi sexy. Thank you, buddy. There it is. I appreciate it. And thank you for giving me the idea of that song. That was all King Tom, by the way. I, I was glad to be here for it. It was beautiful. And, I, and he would text me. He said, I got a perfect song that you can play you know, right for the little intro for, for Eric. And I said, I don't know that song. But then once I started reading the lyrics, I knew the song. Les, you remember that song, right? Nope. Oh, come on. It was the 80s song, R&B song. It's not song. a metal song. Not a metal song. 80s R&B song by, what was her name? Uh, I forgot I her name. Remember. We spend way too much time on this. <laughs> How are you guys all doing? I'll start with you, Eric Struthers. How are you, buddy? Man, well, you know what? I'm great. I'll just say that. Great. Are you doing great? Dude, I had the crappiest day of work ever, but it's all right. No wonder you're a little, you're a little uh, sour today. You're sounding a little sour. Yeah, I'm all right. Boo, how the hell are you doing? I'm great. I'm very good. Are you great? Like Eric Schroeder's great, or are you actually like? Uh, no, I I am actually great. Yeah, no, okay, I'm, good, I'm good, good. legitimately great. Yeah, I'm good. Less is more. Hanging in there, scraping by, kids. <laughs> scraping by. We got a really energetic crew tonight. Very <laughs> cool. Well, thank God we have Mister King Tom. King Tom, how was your goddamn day today? A peachy keen, Avril Lavigne. Wow. It's going to be one of those episodes, y'all. Wow. I just want to throw that out there. <laughs> wow. King Tom, no, go ahead. I was going to say it was pretty good. All things considered. All things considered. Yeah, everybody's kind of in a downer because of the Star Wars news that everybody's talking about. Guys, Jar Jar coming back for episode nine is not that big of a deal. We'll get through this. <laughs> Everything will be fine. No. No. <laughs> but uh, let's get through the shenanigans first before we get into this crazy Star Wars stuff. We are part of the Making Star Wars Podcast Network with podcasts like Now This is Podcasting, Rogue One, Blue Harvest, Steel Wars, Rebel Girl, who by the way has a Patreon now, First Order Transmissions, which by the way has a new episode with Mr. Corey, Idiot's Array, Tarkin's Top Shelf, Podcast 2187, The Cargo Hold, and Fingered with Randy and Jason. You can catch us on Twitter at The Sith List, Boo, at The Sith List, Boo, Crunch Crunch, at Less is More 78, Mr. Hare Struthers. At Eric Strothers. And the royalty. Please let us know where we can bow down to you. At Tom Chansky. We are on Facebook, The Sith List. Email us at the Sith List at gmail.com. We have a Sith List hotline, 707-65-GEEK1. That's 707-654-3351. And please leave us some iTunes reviews. We saw that we got a couple more. Appreciate it. They really help. So we would really appreciate that you guys can leave us some nice reviews. All right, so before we get into the Star Wars stuff, let's talk about the box office because it was an incredible weekend. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Incredibles 2 did pretty damn good. It broke records and made $180 million on its opening weekend, which is crazy because I remember The Incredibles and I love The Incredibles, but I didn't know it was this popular. (laughs) What the hell is going on? Did anybody go see it? I have not, man, but I, my kids want to go. As a matter of fact, I, my kids came running into me when I got home from work today with their Happy Meal toys, and my daughter was trying to explain to me that this thing that Henry had was Alaska Girl. Oh, <laughs> Alaska Girl, that's cute. That's pretty funny. I'm like, cute. oh, cool. I bet it's, yeah. 
So yeah, they want to go for sure. Gotcha, gotcha. I mean, it did so well. Um, well, we're recording on a Wednesday, right? I'm, I'm looking at the box office totals just for Tuesday's box office. I'm going to just say Ocean's 8 made $3 million on Tuesday, yesterday. How much do you think Incredibles made? Ocean's, Ocean's 8 was number two. On, on a Tuesday? On a Tuesday. Just on two. one day total. One day total, Tuesday. Uh, probably, since you're asking, probably like 20, 21 million. $27 million Fuck. on a Tuesday. Oh, wow. Yeah. Pretty crazy, guys. $27 million. Nice. It has made $286 million worldwide so far. And 233 is the domestic take because it's hardly been out anywhere other than the United States. It's only like four countries. So this thing is going to make a crazy amount of money. It's done really, really well. And I had noticed that Jurassic World, which is not out yet in the North America, the United States, has made $330 million worldwide already. God damn. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That is crazy. And the reviews, again, like we talked about, are just pouring in and they're saying it's fucking pretty damn cool. <laughs> so I'm getting more excited. We got our tickets. We're going to be there opening night. Mm-hmm. Les made the right choice. Les Gonzalez had a choice of going with another group of people that we are been our friends at work for a long time. You mean I, he almost cheated on us? Let, 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 you know what? I, I give him credit because I gave him the choice. I said, listen. It's either them or us. Well, no. Right now. I, no, I right didn't. now. I would rather you have done that, Carlos, than what he did. <laughs> what did I do? Explain well, it. Oh, something. here's what no, he did. The, the ultimatum. The if, invite, I, if I would have no. said them right now or us. The hey. invite is thrown out. Hey, we're going. You want me to get your ticket? And I'm like, oh, yeah, sure. I ask Garage. Hey, man, what are you doing? I know we're going to go see it. He's like, oh, we're going to go see it at this place. And I'm like, oh, okay. So now, yes, I'm stuck in a position where I have to choose. There's no choosing, dude. Where I have to choose. <laughs> Ultimately, they're like, I'm going to get the ticket. I got your ticket for you right now. And I'm like, okay. And then what does Raj do? Nice and subtly just says, yeah, we'll talk about this on the podcast. You can go do what you got to do. <laughs> That's you go ahead and do what you got to well, do, yeah. Les. I mean, I'm not going to not, not disown Instead of, going with I this, like but, what you just did, Carlos. You're like, it's them or us, dude. Yeah. I, I would rather take a hard quiz show question, <laughs> <laughs> million dollar question, yeah. than that subtle crap, dude. It's like a, uh, it's like and we a, still ended up talking about it. Are you kidding? Me? It's like a, it's like a comedian with their significant other be like, yeah, yeah, let's talk about this, and they have like their notepad out, be like, yeah, let's let's get ridiculous right now because you know this is going in my routine. Please, exactly. let's get crazy, oh. let's do it because this would be hilarious. No, you made the right choice. You really wow. did. Wow. Well, you, I, I gotta tell you, man. You know what they say? It's you know, bros before. I other get bros, I, I guess. guess I, yeah. Other bros. Mm-hmm. Bros before other bros, especially podcast bros. <laughs> this is a podcast family, okay? We're all, including King Tom now, because he's been on more than three times. I well, think. he just annexed us, I think, as, Who, as, 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 a, as a king. We, you he know that King annexed. Tom theory? There's two <laughs> King Tom theories. There's the, he's the... Two? Yeah, there's two that, one that you pretty much run all the podcasts, <laughs> and the second one that we talked about, that you're happy Guido. Or you know the the YouTube guy that goes on with the Greedo face. Uh, hello, 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 <laughs> Greedo. Hello, Greedo. Not happy, Greedo. Yeah, I thought you 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 called me a happy Guido. That's pretty much what he said. Yeah, I, I actually did say that. Yes, <laughs> I can say that because I am twenty three percent Italian. 
<laughs> I am two percent Mongolian, by the what way. What is it? What is it? The uh, the uh, Illuminati of King Tom. He secretly runs everything. <laughs> yeah, he does. Oh, oh, that's, that's funny. Great. Yeah, <laughs> he's got he's got his fingers on the strings yeah. of all the podcasts out there. And, and by I the way, neither can confirm nor deny that. Right. Here's <laughs> the cool boy. thing: when we're off air, when we go record it now, this podcasting, we're there and we're off air. King Tom's name comes up a lot. Yeah, like he's running the show. Yeah. And he, I don't even think he knows. <laughs> no, I don't. King Tom has no, so I'm much scared. respect from all the podcasters that it's like ridiculous. So keep it up, King Tom. You're doing a fantastic job fooling us with your <laughs> right. Illuminati. And I did call you, you. And I did call you a Guido. Oh, but you're yeah. good. Good job, number seventeen. Thank you. <laughs> good one. All right. Oh, you know what? Let's um, we have a voicemail. I think from Simon, our buddy Simon. The guy that does all our artwork. And by the way, Simon does not only artwork, he has a, he's a host on a great podcast called Slicers Holonet with his buddy Sheldon. And I was on there last week and it's coming out this week. So stay tuned for, uh, actually it's out now. By the time you're listening to this, Slicers Holonet. And I was on there and we had a great time. We talked about music. We talked about Star Wars and uh, we talked about all kinds of cool stuff. So tune into that. And here's Simon's voicemail. Seth Cliff, how's it going? It's Simon. Uh, calling about the news about the possibility that Lucasfilm is not doing any standalone movies for a while. I don't want to hear about how it's Solo's fault. Let's have them just focus on finishing up this sequel trilogy that I'm okay with them taking their time. And let's not forget, we still have a lot of Star Wars happening. We have the Ryan Johnson trilogy. We have the Game of Thrones guys. And also we have the John Favreau and Dave Filoni TV shows coming up. So let's not panic. Everything's okay in Star Wars land. And let's not blame Solo for this. Solo was an amazing movie. It was fun. Probably one of the best Star Wars movies around. Uh, guys, keep up the great job. And congratulations almost on 100. Can't wait to see what you guys are going to do. Bye. All right. We are going to get into that, Simon. Thank you for the voicemail. We really, really appreciate you sending us a voicemail. And I agree with you, buddy. And we're going to get into that right now with our Star Wars chit chat. So, um, and plus our hundredth episode is coming up very, very soon. And we have a cool thing we're going to do in LA. We're not doing an event per se, but we might be having a get together for our friends, families, listeners in Hollywood. At the Scum and Villainy Cantina, which we might get together and have some drinks and celebrate our 100th. But we'll talk more about that. Sizzle. 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 Oh, the FOMO is already starting over. Oh, here. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, I wish both of you guys could be there. But let's get into this crazy Star Wars news right about now. I think it's time for some Star Wars chit chat. Well, I know where you're going with this, so let's just go ahead and jump into it. Turns out there's nothing to talk about. So whatever we want to talk about next, that's cool. Hey, there's Actually, some stuff, dude. I know. I, I kid. I kid. So, okay, here I am today thinking, man, what are we going to talk about Star Wars wise on the Sith list? And then kablam, the news comes out and Collider reports that now, mind you, it's from Collider. But I mean, it's it's pretty much as good as gold here that Disney and Lucasfilm have paused pre-production on the Obi-Wan Kenobi spinoff in order to focus on J.J. Abrams episode nine and the next series of Star Wars films, be it Ryan Johnson's trilogy or new movies from Game of Thrones creator, creators uh, David Benioff and D.B. Weiss. 
This comes on the heels of the disappointing box office performance of Solo, a Star Wars story, which was released in May in the middle of a blah, blah, blah. We all know that. So basically what it says is that all of the uh, Star Wars stories have been put on pause. Now, to be fair, this also says Lucasfilm's development process is notoriously mysterious. So this is simply a snapshot of where things stand right now. You know, so uh, there's a video if you want to go check it out. If you can't figure out how to get to Collider.com, you should go to MakingStarWars.net and jump on it from there. But, (laughs) buddy, people are surprised and bummed out. And my friend Luke Metz sent me the most interesting text message today that he assumes it's my fault because I haven't gone to see Solo as many times as I went to see all the other movies. So he's probably right, man. He's probably right. But regardless, here we are. We've got a, a movie that was for sure in some form of pre-production, the Obi-Wan movie. Whatever's going on with the rumored Boba Fett movie, brakes, man. Put on the brakes. What do you guys think about this? King Tom, I'm going to go with you first because you're a guest and you're the king. So what's your take on this? I've had about 100 takes since I heard the news this afternoon. And at first I was panicked and scared and angry. And I I think there is some reason to be a little of that. But at the same time, I don't feel like we're hearing the whole story. I don't think that this was done because of specifically because of Solo's performance. I think you have Disney is about to embark on a huge merger where they want their stock price to be as high as it can be. So they don't. You know, they want to kind of streamline the number of projects they have in production. And if you look at it that way, you know, yes, p- people want to know the Kenobi story. People want to know the Boba Fett story. But the mo- movies aren't the only way that we're hearing stories. So they're focusing on the new stuff, the unexplored areas of Star Wars. You know, that we, we've heard that the Betty Off and Weiss stuff and the, and the Ryan Johnson stuff. That that's not going to touch the the places or the characters that we've seen already. So we're going to new areas. The, the, Disney is confident enough in the you know in what these people can do with the Star Wars property that the the, the flagship the movies they're going to go in these new directions with it. And yeah, I would love to see these Boba Fett movies, Obi Wan, Solo two, Lando two, whatever. There's not, they're not saying we're never going to get that. It's just on hold. But I think for me, the, the, the best thing is, and I realized this later on in the night, um, there were people, quote unquote fans who have been really angry at Star Wars over the past few months. And some of them are very disingenuous trying to tear down the franchise and they're saying the last Jedi was the wrong direction. But look at who is going to be spearheading the franchise ryan johnson you know people wanted a statement from lucasfilm of how the creators are relating to the fans look at who they're keeping on to to head all this ryan johnson i can think of no better way to give that group of people the finger and a good kick out the door than keeping ryan johnson in charge of the biggest star wars project to follow episode nine so because of that i'm happy great point Great point about the Ryan Johnson thing. 
we know the John, Ryan Johnson stuff is in pre-production, even though they haven't said anything about it. They've done this all very publicly. He made a movie that made $1.3 billion. And as someone on this podcast says, a lot of times, Disney likes to make money. And having, I don't, having that voice, that creative voice, you can't tell the same Star Wars story all the time. And I think that's part of the reason why Kenobi and Fett are getting pushed back to the back burner because they're people we already know, people we've already seen. You know, you could bring back Ewan McGregor very easily and have him the face of the franchise. They're saying, no, they're going with Ryan Johnson. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That I, I know, you know, I don't know anything. This is all my interpretation. Nice job there, King Tom. Jeez, man. Leave me with nothing else to say about it. <laughs> I know, <laughs> right? How about, how, how about, Les, what about you, man? What's your take on this? In all honesty, when it comes to Star Wars, I'll be, I'm, I'm way in over my head. I know what I do know. I know what I watch. I enjoy going to the movies. I enjoy, since becoming part of this, I enjoy the, um, meeting all the new people and all that stuff and going to the premieres and taking and the it popcorn, all in. Popcorn too, oh, and the that. popcorn. I definitely enjoy all of it to myself mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. Yep. Uh, ultimately, I think there's other things at work also, just as far as them running their business. And I don't want to blame, like everybody's probably going to point the finger at the big red, you know, swollen thumb of solo and be like, Oh, this is the reason why. And, Maybe they don't want to make this mistake again, but I think there's just something else going on in the boardroom, and it may just be for them to just deal with those things first. Yeah. To be honest, I think this is being blown a little bit out of proportion. I think I think people need to chill. I think a uh, a delay is very vague, very very vague uh, response or um, just word to use. Um, I don't think it's going to be that big of a delay. These movies are going to get made. They, they know that these, these, uh, story, you know, Star Wars story movies are uh, successful. And it is a, it is a good way to keep the Star Wars franchise on the tip of everyone's tongue and on, on the, on the brainstem of everyone without making a episodic movie, which takes a long time, which people carry more weight with. So uh, this is not going to stop. It's not going to stop at all. And I think the delay is not going to be that much, to be honest. I think, uh, maybe a few months maybe you know there's like a like a shuffling of of ideas or something like that but the boba fett movie is going to be made the kenobi movie is going to be made stuff like that so i i don't think it's as big of a problem as people are making it sound but i i it's a little bit concerning but not, not nothing to lose sleep about i don't think well you know something that occurred to me is like why does this seem like such a big deal to me personally? Why does this seem like such a big deal? Because all the stuff you said really makes a lot of sense. And I st- started mulling it over in the, well, I guess hours since I've heard it. It's not like I've had a couple of days to sit on this. But I think what it is is that typically anytime we've had any sort of minor shakeup released, if for lack of a better word, that's always just the tip of the iceberg. And then a few days later, you get the real deal. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's been like that fairly consistently since, well, you know, since Rogue One reshoots and the whole deal. But uh, I think for me, for me, the prospect of more than one movie a year was not interesting to me. 
at least <laughs> it looks like we're probably not going to have to to think about that in the immediate future. But based on something else, like how many movies are, how many projects are actually in production right now? Still, minus this news, they've got to put it all somewhere. So what's that timeline going to look like? Raj, you got any, you got any angle on that? Well, we know that there's seven in production as of right now, right? No matter what. We got nine. We got DBF and Weiss's. And then we got Johnson's three. So three, mm-hmm. three, one. I'm glad I'm listening to you guys before I spouted off here because you guys have calmed me down. Because let me tell you, when I was driving in the car, I was like, man, this is some bullshit. Because you got Disney on one hand about to throw $81 billion. 71. Yeah, but they're going to take on debt. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so yeah, 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 they're going to wipe off their debt. That's right. The value is going to be around $80 billion. And they're willing to do that, which is totally fine. I'm sure it's very prudent and they're. They're geniuses in the business field, obviously. But I was thinking, this movie, even if it ends up making $400 million, is probably going to come out to be a wash on the cost. And it's probably not going to lose any money. It probably costs them with advertising. I'm just throwing this out there. I have no idea. But And the reshoots. It probably costs them like $350 million probably for both. Let's Let's just say even they lost $3 million on this whole thing, right? It's going to be a loss leader for them. If they end up doing this Boba Fett, Han, Lando, Chewie, Jabba versus Maul and Kira film it, during Christmas time and promoting it for a full year, you don't think that movie is going to do well? Mm-hmm. You don't think they can make up whatever they lost on Solo? It's like kind of like saying, fuck you fans, you didn't go see this movie. We're not going to make these standalones that we've already pretty much. You're getting punished. Yeah, we're getting punished. That's how I felt. But listening to you guys, I think you're right. I think it's becoming a bigger deal than it really is. I think they're getting ready to make an insane biggest deal in the history of their of their company. Jesus Christ. And like King Tom said, they're kind of reshuffling their deck and trying to present the best possible business deal to, to their shareholders. And also, we have seven movies still coming out. Obviously, I would like to see a movie every year. I, I don't know about the two movies a year, but like Eric said, how are you going to fit them all in? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm kind of feeling better about this. Of course, I want to see Ewan McGregor's Kenobi. I would love to see that. And it's Star Wars. I want to see a Star Wars every two months if I could. <laughs> I know that's not possible, but of course, I'm bummed out, especially being on, a, on the Making Star Wars Podcast Network. That's just more information for me to look up, for us to talk about, for more premieres to go to, the whole shebang for us. So the more Star Wars, the better for us. So yeah, so that I'm I'm bummed out in that way, but I'm it's not as big of a deal as I thought it was about an hour and a half ago. So I appreciate all you guys coming me down a bit. That's good. Glad well, to help. I'm, yeah, I'm glad we could be here, man. Thanks, guys. This isn't a podcast; it's a Raja's support group. Yeah. What's really next? Is. Or are we going to sing Kumbaya? <laughs> Yeah, we can. Or we can sing an Aladdin song. <laughs> oh, by the way, speaking of Aladdin, let me get this out there before I forget, Eric. Guys, last week we did a hashtag SW Rep Matters, Star Wars Representation Matters on Twitter. And it was a great focus on uh, people from Middle Eastern descent and their representation in Star Wars films or any kind of fandom. So thank you guys for all inputting and doing your stuff. And for the people that talk shit, fuck off. Um, go fuck <laughs> yourselves. But it was a really good thing, and that's such a great little movement that we've been doing and that has started. So 
Um, well done. Well done, everybody involved. Thank you. All right. Yeah, man. So, okay. So it's still in Star Wars. This coming up today has sort of overshadowed a big, excited rambling that was going on just a few short days ago in which a rumor has surfaced that it, Billy D. Williams is getting ready to be Lando Calrissian in episode nine. At, at what level and how big of a part, or even if it's really true, it's all up in the air. But everybody seemed pretty excited about the prospect. And oh, yeah. I, for one, think it'd be really cool, man. So, Arash, what, what do you think about Billy D coming back? Well, you know, uh, first of all, I'm, I'm glad it was reported by Fanta Tracks because they usually have their shit together. And when, yeah. Uh, almost uh, always. And then when I went on ma- making Star Wars to kind of like check it, is this really going down? And they reported it through Fanta Track. So I was like, hell yeah, that's fantastic. Um, I'm very stoked about it. I love Billy D. I love the fact that Donald Glover brought his character back and we saw yeah, uh origin story pretty close to it. And to have him a part of this thing, it's a no brainer. I wish I would have saw him in the last one. You know, I always, I always talked about how my, first interpretation of like in my head of solo the very first scene was was Harrison Ford and Billy D Williams sitting down and playing sabacc with Chewie and they're drinking Carillion rum and they're just shooting the shit and having a good time and then they start talking about the past and then we go back and see the flashbacks and the movie starts from there i always thought that would have been really really cool so this is yeah i would love to see billy d you got no problems with it whatsoever Rad man, what about you, King Tom? I know that uh, you're you're into Lando. Yeah, I'm. I am a big fan of the news. I think JJ can do it right. I just don't. I'm just hoping it's not a thing where oh, we can't use Carrie, and you know, this is the one legacy character we have left. But I, I trust they'll do it right. Make the most of what they could do with Billy D. Well, speaking of that very thing, okay. Yep. You have to do something, quite frankly, because we are left in a weird spot right now where the storyline has eliminated Han Solo, Luke Skywalker. I mean, he could really, we hope he'll be back as a force ghost, but Princess Leia minus recasting her, man, there's, there's not a lot they could do. But after Carrie Fisher had passed away, her brother Todd had come out to say that the family was extending the rights to Lucasfilm to go ahead and use any already shot footage of her left over from 7 and 8 in episode 9. I don't know if you guys remember that, but it was like an official press announcement. But now he and Carrie's daughter, Billy Lord, who's my girlfriend, you guys probably didn't know that, um, they've both, you know, have said that they wouldn't mind seeing Leia in episode 9. And so what that would mean and how you would get there... I would really think it would be archived footage from, you know, seven and eight. But I mean, what else, what else can they do? You guys got any ideas? Well, I know that he didn't just say that he would be cool with it. He came out and said, in variety, he said, Yoda came back in the last movie. So why not carry in the first film? Obi-Wan says that if he dies, he'll come back stronger than ever. I feel that's Carrie. She'll never disappear entirely. And they're kind of pushing for it. They're they're starting to go out there and saying Billy Lord is on board. So if one way or the other, 
I know this is a big polarizing uh, you know, argument with Star Wars fans. If Should they use a CGI version? Should they use old film? Should they somehow have Billy Lord and, and do the Catmo on top of Billy Lord's face? Uh, I don't know, but I would love to see Leia in it. Sure. Mm-hmm. I, I don't, Lucas- I don't, I don't think, I'm sorry, I don't think that it's a complete film. If you just say Carrie's, I mean, Leia's gone. Mm-hmm. You have to finish and close that story. She's one of the, if not the biggest, one of the biggest characters in the whole saga. And you're just going to say, well, she's off somewhere and she died, or she's off somewhere and doing something else. Doesn't mm-hmm. make any sense. I'm with I'm with you, Raj. I think you have to include her. But didn't Lucasfilm already issue a statement like way back in the months after she passed, saying that they weren't going to CGI or recast do any right out of I, re- I, yeah? I, but that was out of respect to the family. But if the family's coming on and saying, "Hey, we don't mind at all," mm-hmm. I don't see a problem with it. Okay. No, their their release was we're not going to do it. The end. It it wasn't out of respect for the family. It was because people were talking about it like crazy because uh, Rogue One had just come out, and okay. you know she was in that. Um, you know, from a motion capture standpoint of right. you know with the de aging, but then the with Tarkin, and so people were really vocally wondering about whether or not that would happen and they just came out flat out no hard no hmm. but the 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 thing with respect to the family the only thing i recall being said directly was that they they weren't going to use footage from i'm pretty sure they said that that they weren't going to go ahead and do it even though the family said that, yeah, that was that was cool to do to use oh, okay. leftover footage. Yeah, but I, I remember I mean, them saying they weren't going to do it. I just didn't know what mm-hmm, they. Right. Yeah. yeah, but they very, they very well could change their minds. Now I don't think they would change their mind on the uh, the CGI thing, and I'll tell you why. No matter how good it was done, how well it was done. I'm sorry, Jesus, sound like an uneducated hillbilly. How well it was done, you are going to get so much noise about it and given the fact of that it's her that the her passing is still pretty fresh in the grand scheme of things especially compared to peter cushing and the tumultuous last year or so that disney's lucasfilm has had with the public whether whether it's a large contingent of the public or not it would be too risky for any payoff you could get out of it. I don't think that the hubbub would be worth it. I don't think it could be done in such a way that it would be so satisfactory to everybody else that all of the screaming crazies that you would have. I, don't, I just don't see it being a good enough payoff. Well, how? But what do you think about them closing the story off and her character? I mean, completely. I I don't see it working. With just saying that she's off on the other side of the galaxy or she died. I just, I, if I'm in a theater going, really? Like, you're really going to do that? Well, okay. I, I agree. Having said all that, what are your options? Mm-hmm. I mean, I realized we weren't planning on getting into this, but I mean, seriously, what are your options? What's the lesser of two evils? How about you're, this? It, it, I got one. I got one. How about her? How about taking footage from the last film? There's got to be tons of it, like B rolls and all kinds of stuff. Kind of incorporating that footage, 
I don't know if you have to do a distant shot, having her there and do something in the distance and then having Billy Lord play her from behind or something. I don't know. Just show us what happened. But you have to like show us, right? I mean. Yeah. And I mean, I agree that that's the best case scenario. And I do think that there's surely enough footage left over that they can do something. They can write something based around what they have. And but if they show her face on screen, it has to be her. I really don't think there's any other way to do it, because the only way using CGI would be acceptable is if it was so good that people started postulating that she hadn't ever actually died at all and had just gone into hiding because she knew that Star Wars fandom was a bunch of loons. And <laughs> But let's face it, that's not going to be the case. But otherwise, man, it's it's it would be too much of a minus. So that's the only way to go about it. And I do hope that's what they do because, man, I love Princess Leia. I love Carrie Fisher. And to have her get like the 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 sort of ending to her story that she deserves both she princess leia and she carrie fisher i i really want that to happen for for me for all the fans for her family so whatever it takes to get there but what that's gonna be man i just don't know yeah see i i kind of disagree with you guys uh using the the old, the old footage and and stuff like that in my eyes, I, I I always thought the 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 Tarkin looked amazing. Uh, the end of uh, Rebels, uh, seeing the uh, the de-aged uh, Princess Leia, I thought that looked pretty good. She, she looked a bit pale, but uh, besides that, um, I would prefer if see like with the whole Billy D. Williams thing. And you guys asking how is he going to be in there? I think I think we're going to see him at her funeral, kind of thing. That's the that's the first thing that popped up in my mind is that he's going to be at her funeral, and then from I'll there, be damned. I, he'll from there he'll be more incorporated in the movie. That'll be his reentry into the into the. And I would love that rebellion, yeah. But well, we have to see how she passes away. I well, well, it, I I think we've said this before. She finally had succumbed to her injuries. She wasn't given enough time to recover, or she was. Uh, what is it said that she was better than she was, and she really wasn't that kind of thing. Or you CGI her throughout the movie. But the issue is that that would be the first time that somebody has been CGI'd for a whole movie. No, 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 no. You can't do that. See, see, that's There's the no issue. way that's happening. I'm see, just saying, show me a scene or show me something. That's, that's, that's hard to do. I, I doubt that there's enough footage yeah, of a. I know. They're stuck in a corner and it's not the, their fault. Yeah. It, I, yeah. I, I, well, no, it, it kind of is because they had the opportunity to. Do it correctly in episode eight, in my eyes. Yeah, and, I and, agree. And have her she go should have been the one that was. Sent, yeah, have yeah. her go out as a hero but, and a badass. That's a hell of a way to but go. But they didn't. They weren't expecting her to pass away. And this next story mm-hmm. was really focused Hers. on hers. Oh no, I I, so, I I understand that. But but I to me that seems like the golden opportunity of of making something that is awful and really sad and and shining it up. Just but that means that Luke couldn't have gone like he went. You can't kill off both of them in one movie. If somebody had well, to be alive for the next one. Well, well yeah, before but, this happened. No, I know that, but but with what happens, you got to be like, well, fuck, we gotta we gotta do something. We gotta you know we gotta do something drastic now because things have changed drastically. Okay. So yeah. you know that's 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 my take. And but see, what you guys want is visual proof of what happens or to see it. 
that I'd say tough luck for you guys. I, I, I don't think that's going to happen. I think, I think we're going to get in the scroll. Uh, oh, yeah. Leia, Leia has succumbed to her injuries and either we're going to open sadly, up with a, sadly, Leia. we're going to open up with a funeral or, or something okay. like that thing, but I don't think you guys are going to see it. You know what? It. It's either CGI or not see it at this all. This is a, uh, let me know King Tom and Les and, and, and Eric. This would be a perfect way of doing it. I think you're right. I think if you put it in the scroll mm-hmm. and the pans down to a planet and maybe it could be Naboo. Yep. Yeah. yeah uh, you know what I mean? Padme style. Yeah. Or, yeah. Padme style where it's Billy D. Williams there. Pretty much everybody that we know that's still alive. The who's Chewie's, who, yeah. Chewie's there, whatever. And that way, it kind of explains to us what happened and it's instantly and it's over. Mm-hmm. First 10 minutes of the film. Yes. We move on. Yeah. That's, that's, uh, that's what I think would be the cleanest and easiest way for them to do it. Without, with making everyone happy and making the least amount of people I love unhappy. That. What do you guys think about that? You just blew my mind, man. Yeah. For Lando yeah. being there for her funeral. Yeah. It's like, how did that escape me? That yeah. makes so much sense. It's I not even it, funny, man. Mm-hmm. That's great, man. Good job on that. Thank you, sir. I, I think, it, I think it's a good idea. I just think in my mind, a funeral for something, a funeral is a, as a story reason for something that happened out of the movies and in the real world just seems weird to me. But I like how you're laying it out. The only thing I know is it, this is not a an easy decision to make and I, I am glad I'm not making it. Right. And I'm I'm glad Colin Trevorrow isn't making it. <laughs> <laughs> that, that that's the only the only two things I know for certain. Yeah. And it doesn't keep Tom, it doesn't have to be like this whole encompassing storyline of the funeral becoming like this big part of the film. It could just be literally for five minutes or three uh, minutes you, and you, just you, show you, Billy you, D walking away from it or something. Or, you know, you, you do the scroll and then you have the pan down from the moon and you see this long line of starships all with their headlights on. Oh, there it is. And then Jar Jar could be there and he could be, he's a thinking, I love you, Lando. <laughs> is he still alive? There you go. He's still alive, yeah. I mean, I don't know how old Gungans stay alive for, but if Chewie's 190, that's true. That's true. Yeah. Well, and how can you have a shot in Naboo and not have like some Gungans and Chewie? (sighs) I love it though. Wow, that was a that that went off to another. That was a good idea, but I think a great idea. Okay, well, good. It was better than my Billy D and Han Solo and uh, Mm -hmm. Billy D and Harrison Ford at a sabak table idea. Well, to, to to begin the movie, I, I like yours. It, was just, sure. it just seems kind of like what a the fuck, idea. Eric? Eric's taking shots at me all night. <laughs> We've just started. That was a terrible idea, man. I mean, for God's sake, is it secondhand lions? Except it's in space. It's like <laughs> they also have this old Wookie that was they bought from a circus, you know. And then oh, then one of them's grandson came to stay with them for the summer. I think we now know the identity of one of the five people who have seen secondhand lions. <laughs> yeah, because I didn't know. What Dude, that's a good movie, man. Yeah, isn't like uh, not who's in that? Not Gene Hackman. Who's who's in that movie? I I remember. I I, I know what Charles is talking about. Yeah, <laughs> you guys haven't seen that movie. My mother watched like ten years ago. She wanted me to see it, and I haven't seen it. So, well, I'm just gonna tell you, man. It's pretty good. Robert Eric, you Duvall's haven't, Eric, you haven't seen Wonder Woman. So are you fucking mad at us for not seeing secondhand lines? Yeah, really. Yeah, <laughs> actual good Wonder movies. Woman, yeah, for God's sakes. Actual good movies, you say? Oh, 
Mm. Well, if it makes you feel any better, that movie came out in 2003 and I saw it last year. <laughs> <laughs> so, so now there. Now you're going to make me bring up a preview of Secondhand Lives. Oh, sweet Jesus. Would it be? Dude, is it here, be here. One this summer. New Line Cinema presents. Who do you think? Michael Caine. This was the best idea you ever had. You bought used line? It's defective. Can I keep him? Robert Duvall. Those stories are true, aren't they? Sometimes the things that may or may not be true are the things that a man needs to believe in the most. Oh. Haley Joel Osment. If I'm going to live here, there's going to be some conditions. Conditions? No more dangerous stuff. Secondhand Lions. No, no, no. <laughs> the only thing that matters is, is that there's a scene where... You know, they're these old dudes and then they, they're in this little diner place and these punk teenagers come in and and uh, pulls a knife on one of them and he ends up kicking his ass, man. Robert Duvall's pretty cool in it. And it's Ooh, it's it remi- Yeah, dude. And it reminds you of like you ever seen the picture, the meme of the the dudes from World War Two and the one guy's leaned over and the other one's on his back and he's still firing his service pistol. As they're going, and it says yeah. something about like the next time you see the old man at the VFW puttering around, just remember he's more badass than you've ever been in your life. Mm-hmm. It's that sort of thing, man. That <laughs> they're those guys, and they play him very convincingly. It's a good story, mm-hmm. and it gives me something to hope for one because I'm really close to their age. <laughs> <laughs> well, you look goddamn beautiful if you're that old. Thanks, man. Yeah, man. Anything else in the Star Wars world? So there is your Star Wars report for episode number ninety-eight. Let's get into some other stuff. We had some Transformers stuff that we're going to talk. Where we're going to talk to Mike Pappas about. We'll hold off till next week because Mike is going to come on next week for episode number ninety-nine, our Wayne Gretzky episode. So we'll, we'll hold off on the Transformers talk because I know Eric is such a big Transformers guy, and and he's very excited that Mike's coming on. But let's talk a little Ant-Man and Wasp. This thing is coming out soon. Are we excited yet about this? Or are we still like, meh? I'm excited. Are it, you excited? It looks, yeah, it looks good. It looks more action-packed than uh, the first one. Uh, and then also the, uh, what is it? Uh, the uh, Well, not the addition of Ange- eventually Lily, but the addition of the Wasp coming out. I think she's going to be a really awesome character. Okay. I think she's be really badass. And then also, in my eyes, the first movie... Half the movies you're figuring out and you get in the origin story of the superhero or the main character. Now in the second one, you get all of what he is or more. And now we have two Ant-Man-esque people, which is pretty cool. And, and I think the villain is actually pretty awesome. What, what she's able to do with the ghost or ghost. She is looks pretty name. cool. Yeah. She, yeah I, think, the, I think we get two villains because Lawrence Fishburne is Goliath. Oh, that's right. Oh, he turns into a villain? Um, I think so. I, I think what they're going to do is... Spoiler alert. Is play on the um the duel like Hank Pym was crazy, mm-hmm. so he was like Yellow Jacket, which was like a villain. Then Ant Man, Giant Man, Goliath, he was crazy again. <laughs> Built Ultron because he's crazy, almost <laughs> murdered everyone. Yeah, mm-hmm. just I think they're gonna do all these. They're just basically gonna have four parts, which will part you know take care of that. Are they bringing in the Angry Inch? Oh, or the Inch <laughs> Eye pri- Inch High Private Eye. 
Inch high, private eye. Isn't isn't that wasn't that a cartoon back in the day? <laughs> Inch high, private eye. Oh, it sounds, no, I'm not that lying. Sounds familiar. That sounds. It was familiar. like a Hanna Barbera like it, you cartoon. Wore, he, wore, he wore like a Bogart jacket. He was like oh, Inspector I've Gadget. Seen, yes. He was legitimately yes, yes, an yes, inch yes, high. Yes, yeah. You get, yeah, you get the magnifying glass, yeah. Jabber yeah, Jaws. Like, yeah, come on, yes. guys. No, I was talking about a piece. Struthers, you're supposed to be backing me up, <laughs> man. Aren't you? Aren't we elder statesmen together or what? Yeah, we are. And yes, that does sound familiar to me. What, the Angry Inch does? Was that no. your nickname in college? Uh, you know what, man? Why you got to be like that? You were shooting we were having me, a, bro. You right? a, you a perfectly, you a perfectly le- legitimate conversation. I started this. I did. You're right. You started by this. Just you shot because first. Because I love too much. You, <laughs> you shot first. King Tom, are you excited about this Ant-Man I'm, and Wasp? I'll be honest with you. I do not like the trailers. Um, at least the second one, it's just cut weird. It feels like it's trying to be a trailer rather than a representation of what the movie is. But I'm pumped about it. Like, like Carlos said, I like m- movies that aren't so much origin stories. Um, you know, kind of predisposed. That's why I love Spider-Man Homecoming because you didn't get the spider bites Peter Parker. You know, <laughs> I can get, I could dispose of the origin. And I bought tickets today and I say tickets because I'm taking my daughter. She's eight and it's going to be her first, not only her first Marvel movie in the theaters, but you know, we're going to see it opening night. So I know she's, she's psyched about it. That's That's, very cool. uh, That's awesome. That's That's very cool. Well, if, if people aren't excited about this because of the trailers, like I'm on board with King Tom, I think the trailers have been a little bit off, but Mm -hmm. Eric Eisenberg is a, a a reporter for Cinema Blend, who our buddy Hosbrook calls Cinema Bun. Actually, I call it Cinema (laughs) Bun. Yeah, you have. Yeah. But, uh, he sat down with director Payne Reed and he talked about the biggest influence of the film was actually Empire Strikes Back. This is what he had to say. I like when you're doing a sequel or a next movie. I always like the ones where the jumping off point for the characters is, in, is different than where you left them. So kind of like what you guys are just talking about. I know that everyone who's ever made a second installment of something refers to the Empire Strikes Back as the gold standard. But as a kid, I was 16 when that movie came out, and I love that they really leaped ahead. The heroes are somewhere else than they are now. And the audience has to kind of catch up to what's going on. And, what hap- and, and of course, what happened. They're forwarded in terms of their character, but also in terms of their circumstances. That felt like something we really wanted to do with this film. I love the kind of style that they're, he's thinking about doing, or he mm-hmm. did, actually. Mm-hmm. So very interesting. The completely opposite than The Last Jedi, by the way, if you think about it. Last Jedi starts off right where we left off. Oh, that's right. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, no jump. Mm-hmm. No jump. Here's a question for all of you. What happens if this movie tanks and makes $250 million? Are we done with standalone fucking Marvel films? <laughs> because it's the same fucking philosophy, right? Well, no. Well, they they continue making Thor movies after Thor 2. So, oh no! No, what'll happen is, is superhero fatigue is real. We told oh, you guys. Uh, we told you. Here it but comes. Is, but isn't it the same philosophy? Because the movies have made billions of dollars. Mm-hmm. The Avenger films. Let's just say those are our versions of Force Awakens and Last Jedi. Yeah. And then they come out with these standalones that don't make nearly anywhere near how much money those big ones do. Let's just say this one does. Let's say the next two. Make two hundred fifty million, three hundred million, even mm-hmm. four hundred million. Chump change, right? Chump change. Do you think that they're really going to be done with their standalone films? Absolutely not. Because that no. But 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 it's the opposite way of it's uh, flipping the game plan the other way. Because their movies progress forward. Yeah. 
And, no, no, but I was serious. Yeah. Their movies pretty no, much progress uh, but towards. I, no, I think in some in in some of the cases, it's it's not so much that I don't think these movies are that much of a tie-in. You Which know what movies? I mean? These movies. Where so like I think the standalone MCU films are just those films. Some of them do tie together, and some of them, like the cutscenes, push things. Yeah, forward. they all tie in. But other than that, I don't think it's like. Well, I guess I, I you know, but I agree with Carlos. It's not going to stop anything. No, no, yeah, I, I, they're I, still I, of gonna... course it's not. But I'm just yeah. saying it. If you I get use your philosophy, yeah. why why would they be pausing? Things? Well, no, be because it's the other way around. Where they started off making solo movies, and then they make it into a big group movie. With Star Wars, they uh, started yes. off with big group movies, and now they're making uh, poor choice of words, but solo movies now or single character <laughs> Ooh, movies. I like that. You're on yeah. point tonight. Man. Yeah, <laughs> you get your game. You get your game face on. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so it's just the other way around where people look to these big movies as, uh, as you know, the, with a bunch of characters as the most important ones, while with the MCU and and Disney Marvel, it's the other way around where we eventually get to that big movie portion but that's just one and people are waiting for it but there's also like black panther was a single character movie where people are you know clamoring and losing their minds over it kind of thing true true and let's not forget rogue one made a billion dollars very true yeah very yeah good point mm-hmm. their first thing I, I think that for solo there was just too much murkiness Negativity. around it mm-hmm. way too much murkiness yeah. around yeah. it and just clouds all over that thing so yeah all right Eric, are you going going to t- maybe take your kids to this Ant Man and the Wasp? I think it might be a pretty decent family movie. Uh, Amanda and I talked about it, you know, because she loves Paul Rudd. So, so do I. Maybe, maybe, <laughs> dude. My kids are at that magical age where you can either have the best day of your life. Or the worst day of your life. <laughs> it, it all depends on which way the wind's blowing. And it can literally change in the span of five seconds. <laughs> so it's really tough to make decisions like that. No, you know? I, I can't imagine, man. I can't imagine. All right. Well, keeping into uh, keeping with the comic book heroes and superheroes films, Captain Marvel is already breaking barriers. According to Entertainment Weekly, Marvel Studios has hired Pinar Toprak to write the music for... Captain Marvel. And this uh, Toprak, who has composed scores for movies, TV shows, and video games such as Krypton. Uh, that's your favorite show now. Uh, One of them. Fortnite, which is the crazy popular video <laughs> game that everybody and their mothers play. Yeah. And some additions to Justice League is the first female composer to work on a movie in the MCU. Hmm. Not only that, but she's the first female composer to score a major comic book movie for any studio. That's a big deal. Very cool. Great for Captain Marvel for breaking mm-hmm. barriers. Interested to see what oh, to hear what she does with this, and hopefully this breaks the barrier and they open up their jobs to more females. Mm-hmm. Now, is this just in the vein of superhero movies, or yeah, superhero movies? As far as being able to expand even more in scoring, well, you movies know, this too. is what happens: is if she goes in there and kills and does awesome, they're not going to really. Oh, then the door is busted down. Busted open. And this this is true. I never thought about this. And you being a musician, Eric, I never thought about, I don't know, one female composer. And that's sad. Yeah, now that you mention it, because I'm sitting here like drilling down and, and I don't, yeah, I couldn't tell you one. Yeah, that that's pretty fucked up. It is, man. Because, you know, some of the best 
like compositionalists that I've known by, you know, because I played with string players and stuff are, are women. They, and yeah, that's weird. That's really weird. I can think of one. Thank God you're here. Tom. Wendy Carlos. Wendy Carlos. What did she compose? Hell of a name. Um, the Wendy is great. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. She, she did yeah, a lot of like. The best. She did a lot of electronic music with Moogs or Moogs. I don't know how they're pronounced. Moog. Yeah, Moog. Um, I don't. I just. I just remember I was in music class in college, and the professor loved her. Oh, she scored Clockwork Orange, The Shining, and oh. Tron. Whoa! Wait, wait, wait a second. Are, are they, is Moog, wait a second. Hold on a second. Is Moog the the people that originated the the theremin? Yep. Okay, the theremin <laughs> is like the oh, original fucking synthesizer. Yeah. Am I right, Eric? Yeah. Yeah. It's it. Yeah. It's a, a guitar a, synthesizer. No, it's like. It's, a, go ahead. It, it, okay, a synthesizer. Just so you know, is people think of it as a keyboard, right? What synthesizer is, is it's in the traditional analog sense, it's, it's, it's synthesizing pitch and tone based off of external stimuli, which is typically voltage, right? And so what we think of as a synthesizer today is just a bunch of samples that are triggered by a keyboard or whatever, okay? But the theremin was a synthesizer where the, the, the analog feedback to it was the, the closeness of your hand to it. Yes, and like if you move in people, oh, I've seen yeah, that. Wow, 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 that kind of thing. Well, people think of the original Star Trek uh, television theme. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, and uh, or I always think of like the Doctor Who theme, the real early television show Doctor Who. It's mm-hmm. but that's a that's a theremin, and it's it's really cool, man. You to really get the experience. It's cool if you can play with one, but just watch videos of it because trying to explain it verbally is is tough it doesn't apply to musical theory right it's not like you can actually practice and be very you know you you know what i mean not like you can you start off young and play violin and become like you go to theremin class tonight mom uh yeah Ah. right right like you probably couldn't be a virtuoso level theremin player just based on how it works I'm going to take a wild guess and say that there's a song by Cool and the Gang that uses, I would, I want to say they use that. The, hmm. uh, what is it? Summer? September. So, no, that's Earth, Wind, and Fire. <laughs> yeah, oh, I was about to say. Wow. August. Uh, it's the one that goes, Oh, that one. Yeah, I, I think I love that, that might be either that's a keyboard or that's there. Just saying. Uh, by the way, Theremin sounds like it was a book by Tolkien. <laughs> Silmarillion. <laughs> I know. Dude, that is the worst read of all time. So, Silmarillion. Yeah, is the it? Worst. Don't say that. There's a lot of people that love Tolkien. You're gonna get it killed. Oh, it hurts. I'm sure, Eric loves Jesus. Tolkien. But no, dude, I love one. Tolkien. But it's not. It's like it's not a. It's not meant to be read in the same way that the <laughs> the Lord of the Rings trilogy is. You to read it, man. You'll understand. It's just a. It's pretty pretty boring. Come at Eric if you're a token fan. <laughs> you like no, no, no. We don't need any of that. 
<laughs> By the way, remember, Amazon has put a billion dollars into the live action Lord of the Rings series. This, the song is Summer Madness by Cool and the Gang. Summer Madness. By the way, thank you for that synthesizing with Struthers. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah, dude, it's it's pretty crazy to think about like what I always thought a synthesizer meant versus what it actually is. Me too. But, uh, yeah, I always thought it meant mm-hmm. like pretty much a keyboard. But that footnote yeah. is interesting because it gets us back to Wendy Carlos, who was a female. Yeah, and mm-hmm. how fucked up is it that we didn't know that she did And that's great. Yeah, and exactly. Let, and let me yeah. tell you, yeah. I, I put in some pieces from her score from Shiny because we talked about it from Dr. Sleep last week. And I was astonished that I haven't listened to that soundtrack more because what I listened to was amazing. You instantly get creeped out. Mm-hmm. Instantly. Mm-hmm. The intro scene to Shining you get the chills. is one of the creepiest fucking pieces of music that you'll ever hear. So it's amazing. And then Tron. What was the other one? It was like, the other one was like, oh my God, one. Clockwork Orange. Clockwork Orange. Clockwork Orange. Holy shit. Well, those, were, worked, those are some she pretty. She worked with Kubrick twice. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. Shame on us for not knowing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Not shame yeah. on you. because Not you know. on you. And and good on Captain Marvel Unless and Marvel you Studios. That shit, then shame on you <laughs> for for opening the door and set, stepping up. Yeah, Captain Marvel, great. And people yeah. relax. That's not the suit. You guys are all freaking out. No, the green yeah, suit. Calm, down, down. calm the fuck down. That's not the suit. Calm yourself. Now we have some writers from the MCU. They have some advice for the DCU. Is that what they call it? The DCU. I think it's DC, yeah. DCCU? DCEU, I think, or... King Tom, what do they call it? I think the DCEU. Yeah. DCEU. But I don't pay too much attention to it, so uh, don't ask me. Well, writers Chris Marcus and Stephen McFeely, they were the ones that crafted Infinity War. Mm-hmm. Wow. After writing all three of the Captain America films as well, and Thor, The Dark World, you guys sucked on that one, sorry. Uh, <laughs> the, du- the duo recently... Was asked if they, w- what could they do to fix the DCEU? I had the fucking DCEU right here and I didn't even read it. And this is what they said. And f- I, uh, one, I don't know which one said it, but they said, I might put Batman and Superman and everyone else, I mean, Wonder Woman is doing fine aside for a second. Okay. Go through the vast world and go that guy or that girl and go, let's just make a really good movie and not a universe and see what happens. There's a lot of spaghetti being thrown at the wall. Ooh, that's a shot. My familiarity with the DC Universe is not that great, but I can just say, strategically, make one, to quote the Justice League, save one person. (laughs) So that is their advice to the DCEU to make good films. Yeah, but but that, that, that advice destroys the DCEU as what, as what that stands for. That would just be a DC movie, not an extended universe kind of thing. Well, it looks like the DCEU is actually doing that now with the different characters that they're just going to make these standalone films. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I, I see, see that's the thing. Go ahead, buddy. Go I, ahead, re- King Tom. I read it. No, I was just going to say, I from what Araj said, I interpreted it as being tell the stories as part of this world, but don't feel the need to shoehorn in yes. Batman, Superman, or Wonder Woman. So you could make it like a you know, booster gold, but make it like Rogue One, where it's a standalone that exists as part of the larger narrative, but doesn't n- depend on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that 
that but I see what you're saying, but that that's just how I see it. Yeah, I, I think I agree with you as well. And by the way, speaking of DC films, Aquaman has been watched by some people and reviewed, and they are saying that the underwater scenes this is all I've I've read, that the underwater scenes are unbelievable and they're like nothing you'll ever see action wise under underwater. Very cool. I don't know how the story is. I don't know how the acting is. I don't know if the rest of the CGI is, but the underwater scenes seem to be very, very hmm. up to par. It is Aquaman, so I'd hope so. Hopefully it doesn't sink. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. <laughs> Kick Tom, you wanted to talk some comic book stuff. Yeah, you, you actually left a voicemail That's about funny. X-Men. Am I correct? Yeah. But oh, I'm, you yes. know, I'm here. So You're you here, so we don't play. have to listen to your voicemail. Yeah. Okay. So, okay. yeah, what's up? Okay, so I, you know, I called in a few months back because Marvel was promoting the wedding of the century, which mm-hmm. we later yes. found out they were building up in the pages of X Men Gold, where Kitty Pride proposed to Colossus, and that's been a big part of the story, probably since February or March, and. The big wedding issue uh, was released today, and oh, there there are two two things about it. First, you know they're they're at the wedding, and Kitty backs out. She oh. says no to getting married. It's it's just one comic of those book things. Spoilers, where, everybody! Sorry, got to call that sorry. out. Comic book spoilers. Comic book spoilers. <laughs> well, I'm not. I, and we'll get to this a little bit later, but I'm not the one really who should have issued the spoiler warning. But anyway, Kitty backs out, and they kind of say, "Well, we'll stay a couple." I think that was my interpretation of it. But what the issue was really setting up was another longtime X Men couple, Gambit and Rogue, decided, "Well, we're at a wedding. Why don't we get married instead?" So they got married. And the issue was really like a backdoor pilot for this Gambit and Rogue series Marvel is going to launch this summer. In fact, like the last five or six pages of the book were all promo art, promo pieces about this Gambit and Rogue story. So my frustration is, you know, I'm I'm a big Colossus fan. I'm a big Kitty Pride fan. And Marvel, ever since the mid-90s, it's felt like they have used Colossus as someone to advance other people's stories, and in doing so, they've made him out to be this big chump. And I'm just kind of like, I'd kind of like the character and Kitty also to have a little, little bit of happiness. The other issue with all of this going on is that the because of all the you know their, the promotion Marvel has put into it on Tuesday, yesterday, the day before the issue came out, they got a story in the New York Times about it. And the New York Times, I think either in the headline or the opening lead of the story, spoiled what happened. Yep. So a lot of people on Twitter were, were pissed off at the New York Times. Yeah, I, doing. Saw, I saw our boy Rashad, who's usually he was, a very even-keeled and very happy guy. He just ooh, fucking blew a lived, gasket. He dropped a very I awesome... Thought, yeah, I thought, very some, awesome I thought something else happened. I was like, oh, you okay, Rashad, buddy? Yeah, he was livid. He was living. Yeah. And by the way, a big shout out to Rashad. Great job producing Steel's Hyper Chat video, episode mm-hmm. two. Very cool. If you haven't listened yeah. or haven't watched Steel's uh, new podcast, please do so. You can find it on Making Star Wars or SteelWars.com. Mm-hmm. So I just, I just didn't know if any of you had, had had the chance to read it or react to what the New York Times did 
or just in general, any or do you know, are there any superheroes or comic book characters that, that you like that you feel are never okay, given their due? Yeah, Frogman, goddammit. it! <laughs> I'll jump in real quick. Obviously, on this comic book thing, uh, a co- obviously, dude. A and by anyone else, I really did. Boo and I can't talk about comics, bro. <laughs> Why is it obvious? <laughs> Moving on. Eric's on here too, by the way. <laughs> You used to be into comics. Eric sent me a very good haul. I finally got all of them out of the box and into one of my long boxes there. Awesome. Thank sweet. you very much, Mr. Sweet. 50 Once packs again, of Sweet. And you, you got extra copies of my CDs in case you got a wobbly table or something, too. You can put no, those under there. Actually, um, I've given two of them away. A couple people were like, okay. And uh, I kept one. I got one. We're good, man. Cool, man. I'm Honestly, glad you. I'm glad that you like all that stuff. It was great. Uh, I kind of jumped on Rashad's thread and, uh, I mean, it sucks that he did, I retweeted and it sucks that he did get spoiled and all that stuff. Uh, for me, I will say this. I, I, I always felt that the Peter and Kitty relationship ran its course. So, I mean, I get Colossus has never gotten his due. I would think that he should be up there as far as a heavy hitter with like the Hulk. Mm-hmm. And, you know, str- you know, Thor and those guys. Um, this is, so- this is a character who has to, at any other point, have to take on someone like the Juggernaut. Like, single-handedly. Single-handedly. Like, it's yeah. legitimate. Like, if there's a battle going on and the Juggernaut's there, Wolverine will jump in the way, but everybody looks over like, hey, big metal guy, you, you <laughs> got this, right? Like, you gotta handle this. Uh, he is a very unique character. I will say that about, and that, and I like the, uh, the play of those two because kitty started off if i'm not wrong right she was hot tempered right king tom she started off like as someone who was just ready to fight anybody at any moment mutant rights all that stuff just i'm a girl don't talk crap to me i'm ready to go yeah, uh, i think it was more because she st- she joined the team at like 13 and was always trying to about prove right. herself yes exactly so she was always a warrior right away whereas colossus is like i'm a i'm an artist i just i really don't like to fight uh, and mm-hmm. as you can see in the Deadpool movies, which that they try to nail that down. I will say, I think the Deadpool movies have kind of given us the gist of Colossus. Don't talk about Deadpool 2 in front of King Tom. <laughs> I, I have a better view of the movie, so it's okay. Okay. So I will say as far as that goes, especially Deadpool 2, he did fight Juggernaut. They went at it. It was great. They were going mm-hmm. in any... Show you know they they portrayed him a different way. I really love that. Uh, as far but as far as like the wedding issue, I I don't know if they should have hyped it like that, especially if yeah. they knew this is what they were gonna do. That just cheapens mm-hmm. the whole deal. Why not, why not just have Rogan Gambit get married and make that the wedding and hype that and just go from there, announce a book, roll with it that way instead of, I mean, because Kitty's been in so many relationships since. In essence, Colossus cheated on her. I mean, if we're going to get into this comic book thing, that whole relationship has been up and down. I really do. I do agree with you, though, King Tom, as far as Colossus goes. He hasn't really gotten his moment. I mean, there have been moments, but he hasn't gotten the respect that when you look at the drawings and you go, oh, shit, who's this big metal dude? You know, people are going to ask, like, oh, who's this guy? And you go, oh, that's Colossus. And it's like. He should be up there. He should be on the Rushmore with guys like the Hulk and Hercules and Thor and the Sentry and anyone else you want to say can, you know, She-Hulk, all those badasses that can throw are, down. Huh? 
that, that can throw down. Yes, and they're they're yeah. the strength base. Like this guy should be right there. Like easily one of the more powerful the X Men. But it yeah. I, I agree with mm-hmm. you in that regard. Yeah. And it, like you said, that's what drew me to him. You know, one of my first comics, non Star Wars comics that I bought or got was an issue of the X Men. And I liked the big silver guy who was punching everything. But then in the mid nineties, right around the time of the legacy virus, he became this either sacrificial or stupid character, depending on how they wanted to use him. And every now and then he'd have a good moment, like when he came back. But just after that, it's always to make someone else look good. And and I'm glad that I'm not alone. Like you said, you know, you, you had that reaction to make it. A, don't do the bait and switch. Make it about Rogue and Gambit the whole time. So yeah, thank because, you for that. Wow, you guys just geeked out again. <laughs> Comic book, you geek out. That's what we're here for. Excluding everybody else. <laughs> sons of bitches. And the king is, gets what he wants. Guys. I know. Well, I, I, I didn't, does. That's <laughs> why I didn't stop it. I just let it. Let it go. So the name Kitty Pride. Uh, that's very, very porno sounding to me. Oh, so oh. I want to get. I want to get since we're all here together as one big happy Sithless family. Oh no! You guys want to do the porn star name game, right? How you gonna hold on? <laughs> you get your first pet's name. Yeah. And then your first street name that you lived on. Yeah. Okay, Boo. Give me your porn name. Dodger Howard. Oh my God, I love it. Dodger <laughs> Howard. <laughs> that is the best porn star I've ever heard. Okay. Less. Oh, I can't wait for this one. Tiger Darby. No. <laughs> That's not yeah. bad. That is really cool. That's not bad. <laughs> That's very fun. Go, cool. Eric Struthers. Uh, let's see. My dog's name was Bruno. Oh, Bruno Huge Dick. <laughs> <laughs> you lived on Huge Dick Street, too? I did, man. Okay. I did. Blinky Woodbridge. Oh my God, Blinky, the one-eye blinker. I get it. <laughs> oh, Blinky no. Woodridge. Mine would be Chili Rockefeller. <laughs> That's just. I had, a cat, I had a cat named Chili after Chili Davis, famous baseball player, and then my first tree I lived on was Rockefeller. <laughs> Chili Rockefeller. Well, so mine would be Bruno Eight. So I I would like to imagine it being like a big Roman numeral, you know. Oh yeah, Bruno Eighth. That's like the size of your inches. Oh gosh, inch, that, that, uh, inch high private eye. Not one eighth. <sighs> At church, we do this song called "Grace on Top of Grace," oh, and I oh. always and I always say, "Oh my God, that's my favorite movie." <laughs> <laughs> Grace on top of Grace. <laughs> See, All there right. you go. This is slow a- roll, but you got it. All right. <laughs> oh, no. Man, I hope I hope hell isn't as hot as they say. <laughs> Supposed to be. I'll, I'll, I'll call you and tell you how it is. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> oh, all right. Moving on. Speaking of comic book characters, still we're on the we're on that train, and we're going to keep going downhill on this one. It looks like. The Black Widow solo movie has a director, maybe. Mm. Maybe that is. Comicbook.com is reporting that there has been 65 directors that have met with Marvel, and they want a female director. And it looks like Australian's Kate Shortland is believed to be top on the list. You might know Kate Shortland's credits, which include lore. Uh, the 2017 mystery film Berlin Syndrome, 
And I think that's about it. So Deadline is reporting that Sherlyn is one to keep an eye on, and that's she's the one. They're kind of narrowing it down and seeing if they they want to do this with her. So they're definitely going to make a Black Widow standalone film. Hmm. Reactions. Cool. If there is going to be a solo-type film, I think this is going to be it. I just think it's too little too late. I, I think it's way too late to do so. Uh, I think I said this before. If they do like her and Hawkeye together, maybe as like some kind of agent, you know, d- you know, agent partner thing. How about a cool female cast of all the Marvel females going after something? That would be that. Obviously, that would be great. That'd be badass. Right? That would be extremely badass. Quick, I just boo, give know. me a scene. Give me a scene. Out of the top of your head, you're doing good tonight. Um, so, so you want like a, like a, too late. Oh, Sorry. Oh, Ocean's 8 kind of thing. We're moving on. <laughs> I'm just fucking. Yeah. What do you think about a standalone film, King Tom? I'm, for I'm for with, Black Widow. I'm with less. I mean, I'll, I'll see it, but it's something they should have done phase one or phase two. Even, was it that scene? They, they kind of hinted at some of her backstory in Age of Ultron mm-hmm. with the visions. Yep. And, I, I I guess I'm glad they're doing it. I always like hearing about more Marvel movies, but they should they should have done it didn't already. Then we, ba- we get a backstory for her called the Red Sparrow. Huh. No, <laughs> we didn't get that. I think it was a different actress. Damn it. Maybe. Damn it. And, and you know what? I will. I'm going to say this. I've seen Ghost in a Shell a few times, and it was actually pretty good. I understand why the backlash was out there about the mm-hmm. the whitewashing, but yeah. it was actually really good. So you're saying take out the backlash and because of her I ethnic, just, ethnic no, background, it was a good movie. The time isn't right. And and we're coming and look, we're gonna get the Wasp. We're getting Captain Marvel. We're probably gonna get Miss Marvel down the line. We are getting Miss Marvel. Mm-hmm. And we're gonna get Black Widow all of a sudden, like stuffed in there when she's the OG, like she's the the grandmother, like she's the first lady. She should have already had this. She should have already had it, yes. And I'm sure she appreciates you calling her a grandmother. I'm just, you know, I'm just saying, Scarlett Johansson. I would. She's okay. aged very well. Yes, very well. she definitely has. I don't even think she's very aged. well. I don't think she's aged. She's fantastic because she's a red sparrow. Mm. Eric Struthers, are you still with us? Yeah, man. Hey, who are we gonna do? Whoa. Next, who are we gonna do next, Whoa. Eric? Me and you. Who are we gonna do <laughs> easy, next? Hey, no, easy. I mean, uh, who are we gonna focus on for strumming with Struthers next? Like next time? I don't know, dude. I I, I, I really now we can. I'm open to suggestions. Okay, okay. So, people, if you have a suggestion for a band that we want to break down other than Def Leppard, <laughs> please email us or call us and let us know who you want, Eric to focus on for strumming with Struthers. King Tom is a big Weezer guy, correct? Very much so. I am a big Weezer fan. I've seen them probably nine times in my life because they love playing festivals. And I've seen them. I've seen Weezer play at a high school, high school called Fairfax High. And um, they were fantastic. They're fantastic every time I go see them. King Tom, what is your love? of Weezer and why do you love Weezer so much? Well, okay. Big question. I heard the sweater song 
around my 17th birthday when they, when it was played on the radio and I just fell in love with the sound and I got the album a few months later for Christmas and there's a song on it called in the garage oh. and I love, I loved the, the sound of the album, but this song hits and he's singing about hanging out, you know, I've got nightcrawler and I've got kitty pride and nightcrawler too. I've got kitty Did he just name drop two of the X-Men? And it's just a song about, you know, growing up, you know, when I went to school, all the boys had to be into sports. I didn't like sports. I liked Star Wars. I liked comic books. And it was, okay, I could relate to it. And Mm -hmm. the more I listened, the more I could relate to the songs. And I loved the way they uh, sounded. And I just got into them. And I, you know, they released Pinkerton, their second album, when I was in college. And then they kind of had a a dead period. Very underrated. Yeah, very underrated. Um, they had a dead period, and you know, people were listening to fucking Verve Pipe Freshman, and I was like, no, you should be listening to Pinkerton instead. And, and well, that was friends said, because of that. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I've just, you know, I've been a fan of theirs. I think I've seen them fourteen or fifteen times. Oh I've my gotten, lord! I've gotten every album. I, you know, communicated with the band on message boards and things like that. They and the, the thing is, they have. I think it's 10 or 11 albums, but they have so many songs. Rivers Cuomo, the lead singer, he would, he went through a phase where he wrote a song or two a day. And he has so much stuff in his so-called vault that, you know, probably never hear, but I'm just fascinated by that. And I've, you know, I've written things about, um, for like different fan, Weezer fan communities about their dark times and Mm. the stuff when, you know, that didn't make it out what we know of. And it, it's just fascinating to me on. And so I like the music. I like the stuff behind the scenes too. And rivers went through a dark time himself personally, the lead singer, correct? Yeah. He, um, he, I'd say he went through two first after Pinkerton failed. He went to Harvard. That didn't work for him. Um, the bassist, Matt Sharp left the band, their fan club, um, the heads of the fan club who are friends of the band died in a car crash. He went back to LA and he lived in his apartment for a year with black painted walls and tin foil over the windows. Yeah. And he, he wanted to, to write the perfect song. Green album came out. It was a hit. Um, they were big for a few years. And then he was doing, he was the band's manager. He was the band's press person. It overwhelmed him. Um, so he sold half of what he had and he got into meditation. And he had a few more quiet years where he was locking himself in closets and going on these month-long meditation retreats. Right. That's and right. then they came out with Beverly Hills, their biggest hit. <laughs> so it's it's just, you know, an up and down thing. I'm just glad they're in a phase where, you know, I'm seeing them in a few weeks with the Pixies in Cincinnati. Oh, my gosh. Weezer with the Pixies. Holy mm-hmm. shit. That is great. I'm happy for that, you. That's, that's fantastic. pretty cool. Man. Now, yeah. Eric, you being an established, amazing guitar player. <laughs> I play guitar, yes. No, no. Well. I've heard you play guitar, and I've listened to CDs. Uh, Les gave me one the other day. <laughs> and I know that you can play, and you're, an, in my opinion, an amazing guitarist. The thing about Weezer, me not being a guitarist, the thing about Weezer to me is they make simple chords sound really difficult. As a guitarist, 
What do you think about that style? I like it. I There's nothing hard from a musicianship standpoint about what they do at all. Okay. And, and, but that's not what their music is about. It's the song itself is the craft. And that's something as, you know, when I first got into guitar, like the real shreddy thing was the big deal. And while that's still cool and, you know, it's, it's not devoid of emotion as people like to think it's, it's just a tool in a toolbox of trying to express how you feel at any given moment. But as I got older, I realized that the song is the important part and the abilities that I really covet are the people who can write great songs. And if you look at the bottom line of songs, what you need to copyright a song is chords, lyrics, and a melody. All the other stuff, all the other layering and orchestration and all that, that's all just, that's all production, right? And yeah. so you take a band like Weezer where they have great tunes and part of what makes them the songs great to me are their music musical stylings as far as like their instrument choices and stuff like that but but uh yeah it's the big picture song that's the important part not the instrumentation individually gotcha see we did kind of like a strumming with struthers and weezer history from king mm -hmm. tom we just yeah, had a man. we had a behind the music king tom <laughs> you remember those behind the musics yep for Tragedy people? was just around the corner. That's yeah. right. The VH1 used to have this show called Behind the Music for you young millennials out there that pretty much broke a band down. And they took a band like Motley Crue and talked about how the band went to shit <laughs> and then <laughs> how they've survived. And it was, it, was, it was kind of a cool documentary show. It made some bands more popular than they were. The cool thing about Weezer is they're big fans of Toto, correct? That's right. Well, I don't know that I'd say big fans. I think it was more uh, some fans of theirs goaded them into doing something, and it worked out. Oh, okay, because I thought they did a couple of Toto songs. Well, do you do you want to give it away, or do you want me to kind of explain what happened? No, please explain. Okay, uh, probably around January, a fan launched a viral campaign to have Weezer... And this is out of nowhere, but, but you know, the guys, they're all fans of 80s pop... Uh, the viral campaign was for Weezer to cover Africa and had a bunch of people sign a petition, retweet, favorite, everything. Um, on what was it the day Solo came out, that Thursday, Weezer released a new song and it ended up being Rosanna, but a cover of Rosanna by Toto. <laughs> Not quite a year since she went That's awesome. And so it was just, it was a typical Weezer thing to do where everyone expects you to do one thing and you, you know, you, you, or you don't go along with it. But then the next week they released their cover of Africa and um, it's been, it's like, I don't know, they don't, you know, you don't have Casey Kasem in the top 40 anymore. Debuting all the way up at number one, Kenosha, Wisconsin's own Weezer. Me away from you. 
they made the, whatever chart it was for the first time in years. They played it on Kimmel and it's gotten them some good press. I, I do have to say as a fan, um, I would love I, I like the Rosanna cover better. But if I had to pick a Toto song for them, it would probably be Hold the Line. Oh, that would be rad. And this is how it comes full circle, guys. King Tom, can you tell people who the lead singer, who the lead singer's father is from Toto? Oh, I, I draw a blank know. right now. Okay, okay. I, you know what? I this came up like either here on an episode of Rogue One a few months ago. Mm-hmm. Yes, isn't Eric, it Eric Struthers? Yes. Would you know who this person is that we are talking about? Uh, I, dude, I know this fact, but I'm like, I'm grasping at straws trying to recall it. But oh I know that. Oh my gosh, guys. It is the one and only greatest composer to ever live, John Williams' son, is the oh. singer of Toto. So we come full circle. Yeah, I did know that. Yeah, do I, we? I do, we, do we come full circle? We yeah. come full circle. <laughs> not all of us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, not Boo. Who's like, what the fuck? No, I knew that. The fuck you I'm talking shit about them, not me. No, I'm talking about, <laughs> I'm talking about Toto. Yeah. Oh, Toto, yeah. Just Toto in general. Yeah, that's I don't give a shit about Toto. See, that's what I'm saying. I don't give a fuck about Toto. Yeah. I wasn't a huge Toto fan. They had like three great songs. I, I probably heard their and songs and like enjoyed them, but I, yeah, yeah, you I have. don't care. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hey, man, I got something here that I, I kind of want to talk about. The, You know, I work at a church. I'm a Christian and I don't talk a lot about it. So Chris Pratt was the recipient of the MTV Movie and TV Awards uh, Generation Award, and his speech, man, this was this was really something. And and uh, let's just listen to it, and then it'll make more sense what I'm driving at here. Cool. Thank you. Can you hear me? I don't want to lean down. <clears throat> I want to thank Bryce and Aubrey. I love you both so much. Uh, thank you, MTV, for this honor. Uh, real quick, thanks to my mom and my dad. And my brother, Cully, my sister, Angie, I love you. I love our family. We didn't have a pot to piss in growing up, but we laughed our butts off every day, and we still do. Uh, And a special mention to my son, Jack, who will watch this one day. Kid, I love you. I love you more than anything in the world. And to the fans, I wouldn't be here without you. Thank you. Um, This being the Generation Award, I'm going to cut to the chase, and I'm going to speak to you, the next generation, okay? I accept the responsibility as your elder, so listen up. This is what I call nine rules from Chris Pratt, Generation Award winner. Number one, breathe. If you don't, you'll suffocate. Number two, you have a soul. Be careful with it. Number three, don't be a turd. If you're strong, be a protector, and if you're smart, be a humble influencer. Strength and intelligence can be weapons, and do not wield them against the weak. That makes you a bully. Be bigger than that. Number four, when giving a dog medicine, put the medicine in a little piece of hamburger, they won't even know they're eating medicine. Number five, doesn't matter what it is, earn it. A good deed? Reach out to someone in pain, be of service. It feels good and it's good for your soul. Number six, God is real. God loves you. God wants the best for you. Believe that. I do. 
Number seven, if you have to poop at a party, but you're embarrassed because you're gonna stink up the bathroom, just do what I do, lock the door, sit down, get all the pee out first, okay? And then once all the pee's done, poop, flush, boom. You minimize the amount of time that the poop is touching the air, because if you poop first, it takes you longer to pee, and then you're peeing on top of it, stirring it up, the poop particles create a cloud, goes out, and then everyone in the party will know that you pooped. Just, tr just trust me, it's science. Number eight, learn to pray. It's easy, and it's so good for your soul. And finally, number nine, nobody is perfect. People are gonna tell you you're perfect just the way you are. You're not. You are imperfect. You always will be, but there is a powerful force that designed you that way. And if you're willing to accept that, you will have grace. And grace is a gift. And like the freedom that we enjoy in this country, that grace was paid for with somebody else's blood, do not forget it. Don't take it for granted. God bless you. Please get home safely. Thank you. So I got to tell you, man, that like surprised the hell out of me. Me too. I, I didn't know that Chris Pratt was a Christian. And I, I'll tell you something, man. You know, a lot of people think Christians throw up their own ass and their buttholes and and judgmental and stuff. But like, if you really want to boil down what Christianity is about is everything that he just said right there, including the part where you poop at a party. But but seriously, man, it's kind of convicting for me because I dude, I work at a church. That's like my whole financial well-being revolves around it. And I I don't do a good enough job of <laughs> of telling people about my faith but here's the bottom line man i totally get that the, the naysayers i totally get that religion isn't for everybody i definitely get it but if anybody out there listening to this show is ever like man i really want to know more about this reach out to me reach out to me and we can talk about it because everything that he said i believe and and i think it's pretty badass of him to use his platform to make a statement about something he feels so strongly about, because right now it, that could, that could hurt him his career wise, just because people are so down on the GOD and absolutely. And that his convictions are strong. And, and that's, that's, and some of the other stuff he said, just the tenets of it about, about if you're strong, be a protector. If you're smart, be a humble, uh, influencer. And that those things can be weapons if if you wield them against other people. I, I don't know, man. It's just something I felt really strongly about sharing. And and seriously, if anybody if anybody wants to talk about it, pass this, man. Just reach out to me. Now, and that's what's really cool about this whole this whole community and this whole you know just us podcasting. Look, I'm not a super religious person. I, I don't have a specific religion. My when, my when I was younger, my dad pretty much taught me the great parts of every religion and pretty much said it's up to you now to decide which one you want to you want to follow. So I don't follow a specific religion, but I do believe in God and I believe there's something out there. But for me and you to be able to communicate and to have a dialogue and for Chris Pratt to go out there and have the balls to say something like that, which you're absolutely right, it could hurt him. The basic message is all the same. Be a good person. And that's really great of you, Eric. So if you do want to talk to Eric more about it, DM him or or send him an email, or you can even send the Sithless at gmail.com and I'll forward it to Eric. No problem. But yeah, that's really cool. I'm glad you you uh you played that, man. 
Yeah, thanks for thanks for giving me the chance to talk about it. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to edit all of that out. By the way, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm totally kidding. <laughs> he thought I was serious for a second. No, uh, I did. Uh, no. But I was just imagining you saying, "This is what you get for not listening to the show after we do it." <laughs> That's right. Exactly. Just take it out. That was really cool, though. Appreciate it, buddy. Uh, all right. I think um, we have one last thing, and we'll be really quick with it because it's really—it's not speculation, and it's not so much a rumor. So we're not going to spoil anything because it's out there everywhere. It looks like sh- if you're a Walking Dead fan, it looks like we're getting Shane back for season nine. And if you don't remember who Shane is, he's the pretty much the dude that it was John Bernthal's character, mm-hmm. very popular on the show. Judas' father. Judas. Well, we don't really. Know oh come that. on. We don't know. Come we on. We don't really know. Hundred percent. Come on. He is coming back, even though he died. Yeah. So I'm thinking they're not going to be that stupid to bring him back as a twin brother or <laughs> I don't know what else. Uh, I think it's going to be flashbacks. You're going to get a lot of flashbacks. And you're going to see if Rick does die, allegedly, uh, we're going to see something at the end where he sees him or something. He sees his former wife and he sees his son and he sees Berthnall, uh Shane. I- that's what I'm thinking. I don't know what your guys' takes on it is, but to be honest, it, it can't I'm be agreeing, much more than that. I'm completely agreeing with you on that. It's, yeah. it's going to be flashbacks. It has it's to be, right? Mm-hmm. It can't, it can't yeah. be. I, saw, I read some people say it's his twin brother who's going to come after Rick, and that's how Rick's going to die. Oh yeah, because his twin brother knows what happened, right? Yeah, you know, exactly. He's been watching well, the whole time. Right. Twins have ESP. You know, they talk to each other, kind of thing. I'm you know? sure. All right, King Tom, thank you so much for coming on, my man. Oh, it's it's great being here. Thank Remind you me to thank Happy sometime. Yeah, thanks for filling in, and you've become a uh, pretty much a member of the Sith list. Like you are a uh, honorary. I know you own the Sith list because that's what you do, <laughs> but you are pretty much an honorary member of our podcast, buddy. You are you are part of the family. I, I am honored. Oh, so thank you. We're honored. We're honored that you're honored. Eric Struthers, where can people hear your beautiful golden voice? Check me out on my other podcast, The Bad Motivators. Uh, it comes out every Wednesday. And you can hear other people cut me down and berate me instead of Arage. It's a pretty sweet time. Oh, and, uh, you. You. I was <laughs> nice to you. You're the one that started you, it with me you, today. You were. And you can also, also find me occasionally on the Steel Wars podcast uh, feed with the Strathers Wars episodes. They are pretty rad. And hopefully, I expected to have one out right now, but I haven't quite finished it. But it'll be soon, very soon. Very cool. Very cool. As someone who's been on Strathers Wars, I could say it's pretty fun. Wow. Okay. I get it. <laughs> I get it. Way to, way to jab that knife deeper into my back, King Tom. Oh, that's great. Carlos is going to be on Strathers Wars, I'll too. I'll fucking kill all of you. That's right. <laughs> I'll yeah. kill all of you. <laughs> it's funny. I'm having, I'm having less Ambu on together. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Joint. Yeah. Joint episode. I mean, we talked about it when we were hanging out together. Yeah, when you know, at, 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 at the Scum and Villainy. At yeah. the That's Steel the only show. reason we're doing a 100th episode party is just because those brothers can't be there. No, oh, you got to make up. Oh, okay. yeah, make I thought up. we were using the. I thought we were using the the Sith list fund to fly me out there. That's what I was led <laughs> what to believe. Fun, dude. fun. <laughs> what fun are you talking about? The, the one where you, you skipped one of your 19 yearly vacations and <laughs> flew me in. <laughs> uh, 
party. By the way, people on the East Coast. You're on a going on vacation again? Yeah. We're coming. <laughs> we're coming. Not only me, but somebody that hates flying, that never travels, ended up buying a ticket for New York Comic Con. And that person is Les Gonzalez. Wow. So get ready. All Cue you up Port- the beat nuts, Fernando. All you Puerto Ricans. All you Puerto Ricans. Cue up the beat nuts. He's coming. Let's get some mofongo, please. He's, he's coming to his to the motherland. <laughs> pretty much. Yeah, let's be honest. Pretty, pretty much. So that should be fun. <laughs> Girl, my Dominican cousin, Fernando. Mm-hmm. It's going to be fun. All right. King Tom, one more time. Where can people find you? Tom Chansky on Twitter. He's one of the greatest follows in Twitter history. I'm pretty okay, but thank you. You're welcome. All right, guys. We will catch you on our Wayne Gretzky episode number 99 next week on The Sith List.
That's so cool. <laughs>